Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're going to talk about episodes 6 and 7 of Babylon 5 Season 3. That's Dust to Dust and Exogenesis. Um, I, uh, th- this is going to be a slightly shorter episode than uh, some of our others, and that's mainly due to time considerations. I'm on a tighter schedule today than normal. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, why don't we start with uh, Dust to Dust, Adam? What was your... Um, what was, well, well, let's uh, start with your, your plot overview, and then we'll get into uh, Opinions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, dust to dust, uh, Bester comes back, and he's hunting a, uh, a, a dust uh, seller who's trying to sell dust to aliens, and he doesn't want the aliens getting their hands on it because he's worried they'll weaponize it. And uh, it turns out Jakar is the one trying to buy it so he can one get past the uh the narn lack of telepaths and also uh kind of weaponize it to use against the centauri and uh he does a test of it and he gets really ambitious with his test and decides to uh go attack uh veer and londo and read londo's brain to learn everything he knows and then he gets a lot more than he bargained for when he goes in for that but uh that's uh, the overview. Yeah, I was really wondering what that. I mean, he, like I'm, I'm still not clear on what's going on with Shikar after this episode because he has like <laughs> a religious experience inside Londo's mind, where it's like he, he, he. It seems like he meets his father, but I think it's really Kosh uh, influencing things because we saw Kosh's uh, presence uh, in the background, but. I don't know. It was it, it, that was a weird episode, but it was also a really good episode. Um, yeah, it was very like it, like Jakar basically had a really bad trip on this dust stuff, and uh, and he comes out and he sort of accepts, uh, you know, he accepts the penalty that the judge is going to give him, which I think it's it basically is like what like three months in in uh, three months, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. so he seems fine with it, but he seems like a lot more serene. But that, when it comes to stuff like religion, that could go, you know that could mean anything. That you know, like... <laughs> it's the calm before the storm. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, no, nah, I, I, yeah, I like this episode a lot. It's uh, is it you know I talked a few weeks ago or not a few weeks ago, like maybe an ep- yeah, actually last episode about uh, passing through Gethsemane. How that was an episode where a friend of mine showed up and. He was like disappointed because it had none of the elements of the show that I'd sold him on. A different friend was over at my place the night Dust to Dust aired, so it was it was this friend's first episode ever of Babylon Five, and it was it was quite an episode to take in as your first one. And and he was completely sold on the show from that point on. This would do it. Now he now he has telepathy now. Is that what we're to assume that he's been uh that the dust has sort of unlocked that in him or I, I think it's a one time thing for the okay. most part. I mean yeah, yeah, well, it's complicated. But well, uh, the reason I ask because in because the, the whole point of the, so we find out that Bester is basically the guy who made the dust, um, and they did yeah. it because they were trying to get latent telepaths or, or no, they were trying to create telepaths in people who didn't have it. Right, that was the idea. And yeah, it didn't work, but but Shakar's reaction was profound. So so I was <laughs> thinking, oh, maybe he's got like telepathy now. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, but. It was an intense effort, and it was a psychic. Like, that trip into Londo's head was really 
unusual. And was this also the episode where where Veer sort of returned and him and uh, him and Londo had sort of a I, uh, I don't know more heart to hearts and stuff like that, or was that the following episode that I'm thinking of? Uh, where Veer Veer and uh, and Londo had uh, had one. I'm not sure which episode that was in. I think that was at the beginning of this episode. Okay. I think I think it was the beginning of this one. Yeah. Okay. Like I remember. Like is this like uh, one of the episodes? Veer shows up and he's dressed like a Mimbari. Is yeah, it's that? this. It's this okay. one. It's okay. dust to dust. Yeah. 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 I like that he's kind of going native. Like like Veer is the kind of person <laughs> who would go native in uh, in that situation. And and you can and Londo's reaction is is you know you know like put on like okay over there fine but but when you come here you know yeah. dress like a Centauri. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. And uh, actually, they have the, they have the conversation at the end too, where uh, where you know Londo says to him, you know, never never let people think you know what you're doing is a joke, based on based on having you know Jakar read into his his brain and mock him for finding out that you know his assignment to babylon 5 was pretty much a joke so no and that was a good i mean i kind of already guessed that though so that was to me it wasn't a huge revelation but but you did learn how 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 much it affected londo that part i maybe didn't didn't quite realize um yeah and i mean it's also it's a revelation to jakar too it's like we kind of knew that because you know I mean, he, he kind of has that conversation with uh, with um, Garibaldi in the in the the pilot that kind of hints at that. But but yeah, to you know to Jakar, he's just like, oh, it's the funniest thing ever. But, but uh, the, even bigger than that, he sees everything. He sees the yeah. Gordon. He knows he knows that Londo is behind it all. Londo, but 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 Londo's. See, here's the thing. If you asked, if you told me the details of this episode three episodes back, I would have said, "Well, Londo's going to have try to have him killed because he doesn't want that getting out." But yeah. his reaction wasn't what I thought it was. Londo was sort of like, "No, that's all in the past now. We're not. I'm not dealing with them anymore." And yeah. and and I'm now I'm kind of curious to see how that how how things play out between them, um, because I really don't know what to. I don't know. I mean, I know where it's going to go ultimately, but I don't know like what moral path these characters are going to take along the way. And, and so that's, what's really intriguing to me. And Londo's reaction surprised me. Um, and I think Jakar's did too, because Jakar, he has this knowledge, but now he's all serene and stuff. And I, you know, again, I would have thought he would have just killed Londo the moment he found out about that, you know, you know, however, you know, what is it? 500, uh, Narn get killed for every Centauri. Um, yeah. I think he would have overlooked that policy and just killed him. Um, well, he had that whole conversation with Jaquan, so that's uh, given him a different outlook. I mean, the, no, no, I'm he, just saying I was surprised. I was surprised. When oh, yeah, you're surprised that it took. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's a, a very pivotal scene in the show where he's you know talks to Jaquan there after having the vision of his father. And uh, I think it's like, I don't know if he, you know, I mean, we see his father, you know, on the tree there. And it's like, I I mean, I I don't think he had, I think he's just remembering at that Mm. point. He kind of has a memory of his father. And then it kind of cuts to Jaquan showing up and them having a long talk. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, 
you so, know. So here's the question, though. So does that mean that Jaquan was a was a Vorlon in some? Well, way? that's that's that, the question. I mean, okay. yeah, you can say, oh, you know, it's like you say, oh, well, it was Kosh masquerading as Jaquan, but who's to say that Kosh isn't Jaquan? Yeah, that, that's what I. That's it, it, it's 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 very because I mean, it was it was very mysterious uh, the way it was yeah. all handled, um, and, uh, and and so yeah, I don't know. This is this is. This was definitely. I can see why your friend would have been sold on this episode. This is yeah. It involves everything. It involves how scary Earth is with Bester showing up and everyone freaking about. It involves the shadows. It involves the Narn Centauri War. It's just like every you know, you know, so many crucial plot threads are all kind of moving all through this one episode. And the Bester stuff was really cool because uh, yeah. Well, number one. <laughs> What's going on with Talia? Because he mentioned dissection uh, at, at one point, I think, and her name. And uh, yeah, I I tend to think he was just trying to get a rise out of them. You know, okay. like they said, you know, it's like, hey, if he can get a rise out of you, he can ride that emotion into your mind, kind of thing. But I mean, I don't know. That's my feeling. Just the way he says it is just so smarmy. You know, that I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. But. Uh, but I could also see Bester going either way in this series. That's true. <laughs> like, 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 like in the, like, okay, like in this episode, he was very quick to just go along. With, they they basically gave him the drug that suppresses his psychic abilities, and yeah. he went along with it to gain their trust so that he could get this dust because he didn't want it to get in the hands of aliens, basically. And, yeah. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that Jakar was using that as a weapon. That was a really interesting weapon to go for, uh, given the situation yeah. and. You know, they needed something that was less traceable. And so that was pretty cool. But with Bester, he was really trying hard to get Garibaldi to like him, I felt. And he was overlooking a lot of insight. Like, he was really, like, like Garibaldi was not was, was, was not going light on the insults. And, and Bester, no. Bester is either just pushing this all down and, and, and later it's going to come out. At, when when he gets his revenge or maybe he just really uh, you know re- what i'm wondering is is bester really going to be the bad guy here or is he going to be end up being somebody they can actually work with um within earth government um and is that why he was making these gestures to them or is he just doing that so he can get to them because he knows something's up? So it's 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 really nerve wracking whenever Bester shows up for all of these reasons. Um, and so you know he's a great character. I think I think he's I think he's a marvelous recurring villain. Um, he, he every every time he shows up, you you it's I feel like they hold they hold the good episodes for him. Number one, so you know you're going to get a good episode if Bester's in it. But yeah, but number two. I still can't figure out what, like, I feel like the, I don't feel like it's like the show is not decided where he is. I feel like the, the I feel like Straczynski knew Bester's storyline from beginning to end, but they're doing a really good job of, 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 of making it plausible for any, any outcome. And, uh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good use of this episode too. It's like a Garibaldi Bester, like eighties buddy cop movie. It's just uh, <laughs> a, just a, a great, great cliche, but really, really wonderful use of the two characters. I think. <laughs> and yeah, I, 
I mean, this this is this is one of the you know. I mean, we're we're pretty we're 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 very close to the middle of the show at this point, you know. And it's just like I feel like this you know this this episode is just kind of one of the one of the you know pivot points of the series for 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 a lot of things. Yeah, and this is a series. I'm realizing like I am going to need to start taking notes of major plot developments because there's a lot a lot goes on in this like you there's there's a there's a lot to keep track of um and uh and it definitely i think this is a series that most series you watch them and you really don't need to see them again this is one i am gonna look forward to seeing this one again after like not right away i'm not gonna just sit down the next day and watch it but at some point taking it out so that i can enjoy it and pay more attention to some of these details will be yeah is something that i'm really looking forward to um, yeah, and I, don't I, have I enjoyed it more the second time, definitely. I, I can imagine, and I don't. I rarely have that experience with shows now. Usually, I see a show and I, I never want to see it again. You know, what I mean? I'm just like, yeah. you, you got what you needed from it, and that's it. And, and so, uh, this is a very enjoyable experience. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm almost like on the one hand, if I miss a detail, I'm a little bit annoyed at myself. But on the other hand, I'm realizing, well. Um, that's more that's going to be more enjoyable on the second pass if like something was confusing <laughs> so um saving it for later yeah no that's uh that, that's that's key i i because yeah i i i you know basically that, i mean you know some of the some of the uh some of the things that you get out of a second view when you kind of get through the prequel tipping you off to a couple mm-hmm. of things which i think does make it better but there's still a ton of stuff that you, you you're unlikely to catch the first time through yeah i mean i would agree watching the prequel definitely it definitely steered my eye towards certain things and so i i, I remembered them when they happened um but there's still a lot of de- i mean there's just a lot going on in this show and and uh it would be very easy to overlook you know minor details that are significant or 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 you know like you had pointed out to me that they had been you know, there were characters in the show who had been appearing in the background, you know, episodes earlier before they even became relevant. And, uh, yeah. and, and just like nice, nice touches like that as well. So, um, but yeah, so why don't we get on to the, uh, to the next, so that was dust to dust and the next one is exogenesis. And so why don't you explain what this episode is about? Sure. Uh, exogenesis, uh, this was one I have oddly never seen before. I don't know how, considering I've watched the series originally and also watched it. I own it on DVD, and I'm like, how did I watch it all on DVD and miss this episode? But I did somehow. I missed it twice. Okay. But yeah, it's a episode where you the two threads going on here. We've got the uh, we've got these alien parasites that attach to people's spines that are taking people over and uh we we get our first marcus plot since you know like major marcus plot since his first episode where he and uh and the doctor team up to go uh go find out what's going on with these weird alien parasites and the uh the other other plot going on here is uh Ivanova trying to figure out what's up with this Corwin guy on the deck and whether whether he can be trusted and brought into their uh, conspiracy or not. So, so what did you think of the episode? Uh I, I liked it. I uh, I mean, the, the 
Alien Parasite one, I kind of saw where it was going fairly early on. I was like, okay, it, it seemed, you know, it, it seemed like it was going to be something benign. Mm. I just had that impression for some reason, and but I, I thought it played well. I liked, I liked the fact that uh, I forgot to write the guy's name down, but uh, Marcus's friend, that, oh, you know, gets a, Duncan, Duncan, yeah. Uh, I forgot that uh, Duncan. I'm not sorry. I didn't forget. I liked that Duncan. Uh, you know, had the point where he had to give up the parasite, and it it felt like they were going to do kind of a death scene there. And it's like, oh, he made this big sacrifice to convince him, and it was going to be a big tragedy. But then, which you know, I guess would have been okay. But I, I like the final scene with him where it kind of brings it around again. To it's like just having had that parasite for a little bit really fired him up and he was going to go do exciting stuff. And I, I thought, I thought that was a nice twist at the end that kind of, you know, it, it made it, it made it a more interesting story when it felt like it was going to be something a little cliche. Yeah. No, I really like this one. I mean, again, it comes on the heels of a very striking episode, but I like this one for a host of different reasons. It, it, it number one, the change of pace between the two episodes was good. So the, the, to go yeah. from that and then go to this, that was like the right move just in terms of where do we go next. It also kind of lets me uh, – it lets some of the stuff that happened between Jakar and Londo ferment a little bit, which is probably good. You probably don't want to yeah. pick up on that right away. Um, and so so I like getting to learn more about Marcus. I like Marcus more now. Like before I wasn't so sure about him. Now I sort of see the type of character he is, and I think he works. I'm also mm-hmm. noticing they're getting a, they get a lot of Shakespearean style actors on this show. They let them go <laughs> full do. Shakespeare like that. That seems to be a hallmark of this series. I, I think it might have been a hallmark of the '90s in general, but it's definitely it's very much this show. Yeah. I I mean, it, I, you know, having watched it in the '90s, it was I don't know I don't know if it was. I mean, you're right. I think this is a little bit before you get into the whole '90s neo shakespeare thing but, but no actually it was the that, same we still, time we had hamlet, it was the same because time because before right. romeo and juliet you had mark uh, mel gibson's hamlet and you had you know and, yeah and, and yeah. i feel like it was in the air and i remember seeing just more english actors in general um but this the like like the guy playing duncan and not only that but they're ref they're they're referencing Macbeth. uh you know they're the the it it, it, it uh it's it's very the characters have a very robust manner you know it's like they're speaking on a stage um and uh, yeah yeah it's definitely a casting preference on this show for sure like like even going back i forget the character's name but londo's friend who came to drink bravari wine with him and just how like you know uh uh i don't know what the word is but just that sort of uh that really sort of mighty way of talking about mundane things was uh and so you see that with Duncan, um, but but I I, I liked I liked the whole storyline with what they called the Vendrizi. The uh, was that the name of the aliens that were? Uh, yeah, I think so. I forgot to write their name down, so I uh, I think I, it's Vendrizi. I think it was Vendrizi. But they look super right. creepy, and they go in your spine, and it's awful. Yeah. And so it starts all body horror like, but you realize so number one, the people that they're selecting for this, it turns out, are all like downtrodden, sick. Folks that really don't have much hope for a future, and so this, th- th- what they're doing is they're sort of fusing with them, and 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 they become one entity. So they don't overtake them. They sort of, it's almost like they create a new being um, by yeah. by joining with this person. And it's totally, 
voluntary. It's not something where they're where it's forced upon them. And so, like you said, it's very benign. But the way that this all comes, the way that this sort of all gets on the radar of Marcus is the people being swallowed up by this are his contacts that he's been developing for months and months. And so I really, and I don't think this was addressed in the episode, but I started to realize, so wait a second. So does that mean Marcus must be going after people like that? Like that must be sort of his strategy is he's going after people that are sort of, you know, on the fringes of society. And so he's kind of, you know, so, so I was thinking, well, that's kind of an interesting, uh, it tells me something about Marcus's character and about the way he thinks maybe, unless it's just, you know, plot convenience and never, never becomes relevant but i think i think it makes sense i hadn't thought about it but that is a very interesting point but uh because yeah i mean those would be the kind of characters he'd go after for the kind you know for the kind of work he's doing and but yeah i i i i thought that i thought that uh you know marcus and franklin made a good team it was fun seeing them together i i enjoyed that that and uh I can't, no, I, I can't help but think that, that Franklin, Franklin, when they got locked up in the cell, his first thought was, oh, my God, do I have any stims on me? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus's first up. thought was, you know, how do I get with Ivanova? That seemed to be his. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's, um, that was his first and but, last thought. But, but so uh, here, here's what's funny. So I like Marcus because he's, he's one of these people that's kind of always seems to look on the bright side of things and, and always <laughs> sort of reads things as positively as possible. I like the pairing of him and Franklin. I think you were right. That really worked. It worked. It worked. Uh, Garibaldi and um, and Bester were certainly a pair, but this I felt they really were good foils for each other. And the things that, like the things that could become annoying about each of them, are far less annoying when they're together. If that makes sense. Yeah, because it does. because they're each sort of getting annoyed at the things that would normally annoy the audience. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, Marcus was a controversial character at times, uh, well on this show. So I, I can imagine, cause he feels very out of time and place. Um, you know, uh, yeah. And he's, it's, I, I actually liking him more this time. I liked him more the second time. And I like him this time. I, I think, I think part of the reason I, I I was you know I didn't hate him like some people did, but I didn't like him a whole lot the first time I watched this show back in the '90s. And it's because like I I think I've talked before about when I was, you know, when I was in my watching this in my 20s, I still thought of myself as a cool person. And so anything about this show that wasn't cool would kind of rub me the wrong way. And you know, I'd, I'd like it despite that. But now now it's like yeah, Marcus is Marcus is, you know, he's he's just kind of. Not, he's not a cool person in a lot of ways and that's that's fine i don't he's care like, he's almost like a robin hood character pulled onto babylon 5 and, <laughs> and he's hopelessly optimistic but i like i i really do i like the character i did think he stuck out too. he's like a in in the movie flag of irons there's a character named the rambler and so i call these rambler characters because they're people that like this character he felt almost like elvis or danzig on a on a wuxia set in, in a dis, you know, set in an ancient dynasty. And, and so I feel like this, Marcus has that feel to me too. Some of the people that have shown up, Babylon five seems to do that. They seem to draw on a lot of different genres and it feels like they, they're not they're, they, they don't really hesitate to bring in characters that on another science fiction show might feel totally out of place. So I've gotten used to it. Um, but he definitely seems like one of those sort of rambler type characters to me, um, where I could picture him in Sherwood forest or, uh, you know, uh, but uh, 
but yeah, so but I but I like that pairing, and I liked I liked the plot. I liked sort of I liked where it went. I liked yeah. um, I liked Duncan's thing at the end, like you were saying, and I liked the subplot with Ivanova trying to crack. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, you just mentioned Corwin. Corwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that. Um, I liked that subplot because that was something that I was immediately thinking of. Like they're gonna have to contend with the fact that uh, they have this cabal now, and yeah. they can't just let anybody in. And I feel like a, I feel again. I feel like a lot of shows might just sort of ignore that, or it only comes up when it's you know creates a nice adventure. But this this I thought I thought you know some guy gets promoted and now she has to kind of deal with sort of vetting him and seeing if they can trust him. And it seems like they can't really trust him. They don't really. I mean, it's it's hard to tell because he thought he was on a date with Ivanova because she, <laughs> uh, she's not yeah. she's not terribly socially aware sometimes either. Kind of like Marcus. And yeah, that's why it works well because they are because both Ivanova and Corwin are just not these particularly socially apt people. So it, it, like that the confusion made it made a lot more sense than it would in a lot of situations. Well, and so she well she invited him to her quarters, which is you yeah. Know, and so I mean, and, and then so he goes to the the flower shop guy, and I got to say that flower shop salesman really knew how to how to sell flowers. Um, there there yeah. were some very subtle sales moves going on at that, uh, that, that floral station, but he bought, he got her flowers and he brought them. And then she, and, and, the, and what the flowers do is, is by the end of the episode, uh, Ivanova, she, I think she starts to suspect that Marcus had them sent to her for That's some reason. That's what she becomes the yeah. conclusion she reaches. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. she, so she brings them to Marcus and basically slams them. But Marcus has no, knowledge about these flowers <laughs> at all so he's just thinking ivanova has just brought him flowers for some reason he doesn't read it as an as a rejection and you he has this hopeful look on his face um yeah but he doesn't skip a beat he just, he just picks up the flowers and says thank you and continues eating his food or whatever it was he was doing and and so uh i don't know that that last scene really encapsulates his character well i think i think that's really <laughs> that was a very marcus moment yes <laughs> So what would you say? Would you say he's is he divisive like Jar Jar Binks divisive or is he I don't think he was Jar Jar Binks divisive. I mean, I don't think anyone ever accused him of ruining Babylon five or anything. I think a lot of people just I don't know. I mean I think I, I think he's he's you know He's enough of kind of a kind of a nerd to a degree that it hit home for people and they didn't want it to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh because yeah, it's like he is. But I, but yeah, I, you know, it was. I think as it was a different time too. It's not like everything on a, every show was was a huge deal everywhere. So, you know, it, you know, people didn't like something about a show. It was a much quieter thing. But yeah, and you could have pockets that were totally. Sometimes the effect of the internet is everybody gets the same opinion very quickly. And exactly. back then that didn't happen as much. I remember encountering with many different shows and games and movies a wide, wider variety of, of opinions than I tend to encounter now. Um, and so, yeah. uh, again, you know, it's, uh, so with a show like this, I, 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 could, I could see something like that being the case too. But um, though you had told me that this was one that had very early internet uh discussion boards and stuff so i don't know if that it, might... it did yeah i i uh i've i've been i've been like revisiting stuff that was on the internet back then as we go but i didn't i i didn't actually catch up for this episode so i uh i i, I don't know if what the marcus reaction was on this episode but I, I will i will look into that in my research so. okay um 
but but yeah so i thought this and, and, and also the, the idea behind the vindrizi was cool they sort of see themselves as living uh like they like they they they're they're long lived right and so they have all this information and, th- yeah. and their purpose is to sort of transmit the information through time in case records of things are lost um it occurred to me now is probably an ideal time to do <laughs> some of that transmission uh maybe they shouldn't be so quick to 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 go on their way because uh you know with the shadows <laughs> gathering and everything it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it reminded me of the uh, techno mages, you know, when they were leaving. They're like, "Yeah, we're going. We're gonna take all our stuff because, you know, we we don't we don't want everything we know getting lost when things get horrible here." So yeah, it, it was de- definitely definitely seemed relevant that they were bringing up the issue of you know <laughs> bad times and trying to trying to get through them, but but yeah, so I. I... I was uh, I was happy with that. I was happy with both episodes, um, and uh, and I would have gone on to the next episode, frankly, if I hadn't had more things to do this week because I was really, you know, in, uh, hooked on on what's going on, and we're you know we're kind of getting to the point now where we're getting midway through the season, so I think we're yeah. going to start accelerating. Um, and so, what's the next episode? Uh, messages from the Earth. Messages from Earth, okay. and. I strongly recommend we aim for three for the next one because you are not going to want to do part of this next three episodes. Okay, so. and yeah, and I see the th- I see the third one wins a Hugo, so that 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 definitely makes a good case for what you're saying. Um, and uh, yeah, and I mean, and, and one of them, it, the the uh, the name of the uh, name of the season is Point of No Return, so we've got the Point of No Return named episode in there too but uh yeah it's you know i, I know that if we, we say we're gonna do two you're gonna contact me the night before the podcast and go i'm gonna watch the third one can you watch the third one and uh, so i'm i'm watching all three because i know okay. that's gonna happen anyway all right so, so we'll watch three we'll watch three uh, <laughs> that's a, i think that's a good move here and uh and yeah so we, we do have to end it early normally we go for about 45 minutes but today is 30 i have i have things i have to do um and so we'll be back on, I think, on Sunday. Now, we were supposed to do a Classic Who episode last Sunday, and there was some uh, miscommunication. So we're going to maybe be doing it this Sunday. And I don't know, I don't know, perhaps we'll do, maybe you and me will do two podcasts that day or something to do mm-hmm. the, or, or we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But uh, but either way, we'll have a, a Classic Who at some point, and we'll have the the next three episodes of Babylon 5. And also, we got the Doctor Who Christmas special coming up, so uh we'll 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 be looking forward to that as well and uh and this friday i think we're doing um i i can't remember the name of the movie it's uh i think it's buddha palm dragon fist or something but we're doing a uh, another wuxia movie this friday so uh so all right so we'll let you go and we will talk to you later